Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's message, titled, Come On, Keep Going, by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. Once again, we present ourselves for this planet filled of your glory, Lord, but also today in a pandemic, in tribulation, and a lot of fear, and a lot of disorder. And we ask that here, that from Genesis was everything was in chaos and darkness, that it be entering in wisdom in every heart, so that it's organized the minds and the thoughts. Establish your kingdom here on this earth and keep and guard your church in the midst of every affliction. We bless the families that are in tribulation, in pain for cause of their dead ones. And we ask that you console them in this moment. Help them, Lord, in all their being. Thank you. Mighty God, let it be you consoling the afflicted one, lifting up the widow and the orphan in this moment. Bring provision, supernatural provision for those that are in scarcity in their homes, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God of covenants. We bless you and we are ready to receive your word so that you could minister us through it, so that through it you could transform our being and you equip us and you speak to us and you confront us and you teach us and you bring us hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Blessings to everyone that is there in their homes, in their places. We greet you in the mighty name of Jesus. God of Covenants Christian Center says welcome today. Today we ask for the word of life to your house, to your mind, and we hope today that the word that you receive it, and it can be comforting, that it be a word that confronts and also motivates, and that it brings hope. Like, I have conceived it in my heart. We bless all those that are watching in Venezuela and Chicago, those that are watching in Mexico, those that are in Colombia, those that are in Spain, those that are connecting in all different places and here in the United States, waiting for the Spirit of God to touch you more and more and the Word be revealed to your heart. May God put you as a light where you may be to each and every one of you in every home that you be lifted up a light of Christ that can shine the neighborhood, can shine your business in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And this morning, we want to share a topic that has as a title, come on, keep going forth. Say to the person to your side, if you have someone, come on, keep going forth. And allow me to read last Tuesday on the 28th, the Operation United States Strong or Operation America Strong 
was carried out. And it combined the air demonstration of the squadrons of the Navy, the Blue Angels, and the Air Force's Thunderbirds in a show coordinated high above New York and New Jersey cities with the goal, and listen well, of honoring the personal medical, the medical personnel during the COVID-19 pandemic. This honoring was not only recognizing its work, but was also with it is to lift up their spirits of all the medical personnel and all those health officials and all those services that have been presented in this time. Say to the person to your side, come on, keep going forth in the name of Jesus Christ. And today I said it has a topic. The name is Come on, keep going forth. And I want you to understand that it has as an object of it to understand the danger of the physical and emotional exhaustion where we could be subject to the spiritual attacks of darkness, spiritual attacks. And it also has as an objective to see the importance of the divine intervention, a divine spiritual interver- intervention and an adequate accompaniment to gain courage and to where we think that we might fall. Let us touch on a text in 1 Kings. There, you're going to look and taking notes. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8. There's a story that is very important that's going to bring to us today the opportunity of being able to apply it to our lives. And I have received it on behalf of the Lord on my heart with a lot of peace from last Sunday. And the story says there in 1 Kings 19 verses 1 through 8 that Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a, listen well, and he sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Then he looked, there he lay and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7, And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he rose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Oreb, the mountain of God. And let us give this story, this historical This biblical story, let's give it a past and a future. We're going to give it a past, a present, and a future. And I hope 
that God allows us through it to apply it and understand something of our past so that we can live our present well. And if God is pleased and he gives us life to be able to project it towards the future. Let us look at the past. Let us see the present of the story and then this in the future. But I want everyone in their homes to apply it in your own life, in your own situation. And we start there with the first a look at the past. And I want you to please pay attention there in your house. You're going to read. You're going to read chapter 18 of the text. Chapter 18 tells us or the achievements of the prophet on behalf of God. God used him mightily in his generation and he did great things. He was a man that that he challenged the prophets, the false prophets of Baal and and he challenged a people like of Israel to come to a place to see who was the true God. Those that the the ones that that worship the Baal or the God of Israel, the true God. And the story in the context says that he made something prepared. He invoked the people and the people of Israel came and the false prophets of Baal came and Baal came and he lifted a sacrifice there and they invoked their gods and they didn't respond but Elijah invoked Jehovah God and it says that from heaven that fire rained down and it consumed the altar the place of the sacrifice and we're seeing the past of Elijah a past with power and not only that but it also registers the word that because of that act, he made the heart return of the Israelites that had gone towards the idols of other nations. They, Their heart, they had already gave it to Baal and other false gods. But that day when they had the fire come because of God from heaven, so then the people converted. What a power of Elijah. What an anointing. What a way of being used in his past by God. And not only that, the Bible registers that he captures the 450 false prophets of Baal and he kills them all. He has to kill them because they had made the people that would prostitute themselves towards Baal. So there, there's a mighty act, a man that had the fire of God, a power and authority, a man that conquered the heart of a people to return it to God. And scripture also says in chapter 18 that he made it rain on the earth because the earth had stopped raining for three and a half years. He called out to Jehovah God and the earth received the rain from heaven. What do I want to say with this? In this look at the past, I want us to see a prophet of God, an instrument of God in the glory of God, doing miracles, achievements, doing extraordinary things, great conquests, not only for his personal spiritual life, but also for the people. But what happens there? This man, as upon doing all this, it marks to us a step so that we can evaluate our past. And it's very important that where you are, you can evaluate your past. I do it and I invite you to do an inventory of the things that were achieved, an inventory of the things done. What have you done? What have you done? What have you achieved up to this moment? 
how have you received in life your time? What have you achieved in the name of the Lord? How have you lifted yourself up? How have you conquered lands? How have you conquered jobs? How have you lifted up families? How have you acquired possession? How important it is to make an inventory to the youth. They can make an inventory of how much they've grown, how much they have advanced, how much they have conquered the first, the second, and assuredly, there's some maybe that are in the university. And it's important to make remembrance of the past. And why do I say it's important? It's important to remember because your memory, when I analyze it in the correct way, allows me to be able to live in the present. And you could say, how, Pastor? One, you can't live from the past. Let me say, you can't live from the past, perhaps, from one perspective, because that already happened, but it could still lift up your spirits in a determined time. I like to evaluate the past. What have I done? Because first, I have to make an inventory if I've worked well or not. But I like to look at the achievements. I like to see how we didn't have anything in a moment of life, how in life everything was a chaos, everything was darkness. And when I got to know Christ, how I, my life, my spiritual life started to prosper and even my families. And I was going from glory to glory. If something I have seen in my past is the mighty hand of God working upon us, upon my life, upon my family. I believe that God has done great things in you and has allowed you to work. He's allowed you to grow. He's allowed you to have a family. And in the case of those that already have, and what I want is that you evaluate, have you achieved something to this moment that it's very important that we lift those thoughts to maintain our mood very well. One has to evaluate always their life because this allows you to gain or lose. I like to look at my past as something where I'm not ashamed of, even though I was in the word. I was uh, ashamed of that and I presented it before the Lord. But when Christ came to my heart, I see a total gain. Why is it important? Well, it's important to take care our mind and our mood because we have to be conscious that when we forget the works of God in our past, listen, well, if I forget what God has done in my past, then I become vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. And I, I allow him to distort my present. Once again, if I don't consider well my past and evaluate what God has done in my past, then I give an opportunity to Satan himself so that he could intervene in my present and distort the present in which I am. How does he do it? In a very simple way, a spiritual warfare. And we want to get in there. But before we do that, I want us to read a text, Ephesians chapter six, verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And I want to read it once again. The Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one or the wicked one. It's something that the Apostle Paul is saying here in the context that you could read. It's 
Speaking of a spiritual battle, a battle against darkness itself, the Bible says that it's our warfare is not against flesh nor blood, but principalities, powers, governors of darkness and spiritual hosts in wicked places. And sometimes we don't understand that. We don't give mind to it. And we find ourselves finding, uh, fighting a battle humanly, that earthly, before something that is what it needs is a spiritual understanding. Because the Apostle Paul was clear that we have to lift up the shield of faith. Because if something that the enemy does is that he lances fiery darts. Where to your mind? Fiery darts that are coming to damage. And I want to get in. This second point, which is a present situation. In this present situation, we're going to see the spiritual attack. The spiritual attack. And in my specific case, if we read the context or the text, Elijah received a spiritual attack. Chapter 19, verse 2. It says, Then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. What is Jezebel saying? Jezebel is saying to the prophet that I'm going to kill you. I'm going to chop your head off like you did it with my prophets. I'm going to do it with you. A word that I call, that's a sorceress word, a word from darkness, Paul would say, a fiery dart from the enemy, Paul would call it. That spiritual war that happens, or spiritual battle that the enemy has done through Jezebel, and it comes to a messenger, to the mind, to the ears of the prophet Elijah. Listen to what Prophet Elijah, to the one that had a glorious past, a prophet with a glory from God, a prophet of miracles, but also vulnerable to a word that is a sorceress word from Satan. How many of us don't understand this? And perhaps you might say, now I understand it. How many of us don't go through this through situations that are the same? We're very well. We have done everything well. We've conquered things. It's gone well. And then in a moment, from one moment to another, then a thought, boom, a thought that comes into your mind and it distorts my present. And it makes me to have fear, like what happened to the prophet, fear, anguish, darts of anguish, darts of defeat, darts of failure, darts of doubt, darts of poverty and darts of disease. Things that the enemy puts, he distorts our present. He distorts our heart. He distorts our emotions. And with this, I'm not saying that there's not legitimate things that will happen. Of course, there's legitimate things. We could lose a job. But losing a job doesn't say that I don't have an opportunity to find another one. To lose a job doesn't say that the world is over. Losing a job doesn't tell me that I don't have life. No, I lost a job. But, you know, we have to fill ourselves with thoughts. When one door is closed, another one is open. So then the enemy comes and he gives you a thought. What am I going to eat with? What am I going to pay with? And now... So something comes in that's called anguish, that fiery dart of the enemy entered into the mind and conquered a space of your thoughts and of your emotions. All of this took and led Elijah into a spiral falling in his mood. And I want to read there verses three and four in first Kings 19 verses three and four. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life. 
and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Look at the, the spiraling state that he falls into, a word to a man with miracles, with signs, with wonders, with the glory of God. God himself working through him, a thought, a messenger from Satan, a sorcerous word to the mind, and it makes him flee. The first thing is that he left a place where he didn't have to leave for the moment. It makes him leave, and then he goes into the wilderness. He leaves his servant, and he stays alone in his anguish. What a scenery or for emotional damage of a person. And he went and he sat down under a broom tree. Now I want to get in there a little bit. In the wilderness. He gets into the wilderness. And the wilderness can signify a state of arity or difficulty. We go through wilderness. Some people say, oh, Pastor, I'm going through a wilderness. It's going so bad for me. So maybe it's a wilderness of a, with a state of difficulty. And many people can be feeling them like that in a difficulty in this moment, in a situation of wilderness, like there's nothing, not water, no plants. There's people that in this moment in a pandemic or crisis, they don't see water or plants. They feel that they're in a wilderness and we can understand that it's a, a state of difficulty. But in that wilderness, it could also mean a lonely state. There's time that even though I have everything, I feel alone. There's a hum time when the human being feels alone and there's times when it's good to look for a wilderness. Even Jesus looked for a wilderness. It says that the Spirit took Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. So Jesus had a purpose. There was a purpose for Jesus in that wilderness. There was a plan. He had to go and expose himself 40 days against hunger and thirst. And that arch enemy of God was to come and tempt him so that there he could receive it. says the angels came and he was fortified by the angels and he was able to combat all the thoughts that Satan tried to put on him. The wilderness are places where we all go through. They're not physical wildernesses, but they're emotional and spiritual as well. Elijah went through his wilderness. So better he went, he got into a wilderness because there's times that you find yourself with a wilderness and there's other times that one, that you get into the wilderness without having to get into. Because what happened to him? Because he allowed a negative word into his mind. And there in the wilderness, he sat under a broom tree. And so you understand, it, it's it's like a, a vine. And and my heart was always filled in thinking of this because I imagine him in that wilderness that while he looks for a little bit of peace and to have mental peace and he's under this vine is that and something that vine is is entangled and what I think there is that he's entangling his thoughts more and more and putting thought on something and saying oh my god what about me that they're going to take me they're going to grab me they're going to chop my head off and I ask myself isn't this curious to you that they sent a message to him a message that they were going to kill him that Jezebel could have just killed him without sending the message they said tomorrow he could have maybe in case they didn't have enough 
Jezebel enough people that could have done the work or the job, but they couldn't do it assuredly. Why? Because, because then they would have put up people that converted newly to God upon her. And because she wasn't able to kill him, then she sent the word so that they could kill his mind. So he gets under that broom tree to entangle his life. And I don't know about you, family that are home or wherever you may be. Perhaps you have an adverse situation, but I want to say with this, be careful of not getting into a wilderness and much less to start entangling yourself with things. Be careful because the human beings, we're very delicate in our minds and our emotions. We have to guard. Here is conquered. Here's laws. Here I love. Here I hate. Everything happens here. You have to protect your mind and we have to discern the things and separate some from others and be careful. When there's legitimate news, then that's understand that you have to face that. And there's a normal fear, but there's other things that don't happen, but they fill my mind and it's almost like a reality that doesn't exist. Be very careful that you're not in that situation. And if you're in that situation, then me allow me to say the things that may come, but also the exit we should have because something happened to Elijah. In that spiraling, he first received that word. He fled. He went to the wilderness. He gets underneath the broom tree and every time worse. And then at the end, he desires to die. Look at what this state of depression got to him. He allowed a negative word and he desired to die. And the curious thing is that the threat that he received is that they were going to kill him. And he went to a wilderness to desire to die. It's very curious because at the end, it's the same thing. It's death. So there he asked God, he says, enough, Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father's. How Elijah got to be so vulnerable is a very good question. To finish in a state like this, a state of loneliness, a state of entanglement, a state of desiring to die. How did a man of God with the miracle signs and wonders that he made to that state. And I had meditated a lot. And I noticed when I analyzed the part that afterwards that we're going to get into in a few minutes is that he got into a state where he was exhausted. It was, and that a physical exhaustion and there's also a spiritual exhaustion. Let us speak of that. The spiritual exhaustion is the result of a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of investing, a lot of long uh, schedules of extended days of weeks without resting, without a day of rest, a lot of activism. It takes me a, a state of tiredness sooner or later. The body is going to charge you and it charges us and in a state of exhaustion something also happens the mind is not lucid the brain has not rested and because it hasn't rested it's overworking if you allow me to use that word it's working extra hours and as such that starts to have a crisis in your brain a and at the end the words don't come out well and in the end, then thoughts that are mistaken come out. I can't relate things well. Why? <clears throat> because I'm perturbed in my mind. And that mental perturbedness is the result of a physical exhaustion. And how good it is to be able to share about this a little bit. Because I believe the majority of the people make the error. And I am say, I even get into that. We make the error of not resting 
appropriately. So if I work more, I get more, right? But what more? You find more maybe financially, but you also find more vulnerability from an attack of Satan in your life. Why? Because you get weaker. We work a lot, more hours, one job, another job to gain a little bit more money because I want to have this high lifestyle. And I start there with so much activities that make me not rest and my body starts to collapse. There's something in the medical field that calls to my attention because I've seen a lot of medical programs and it's many doctor surgeons, they work three days, three days, continued. Then they they rest three days. And I understand why. Because there's with patients that require their continual assistance. So to be able to help some patients come out of a certain crisis and operation, recuperation. But I think it's also very dangerous, a doctor or a surgeon that works three or four days. And in this week, sadly, I saw the news of a nurse in New York or a doctor in New York that took her life because she could no longer with the pressure of all the people that she was seeing suffer because of the sickness of this COVID-19. Tremendous. How ironic. She gave her life to studying, to be able to learn. She dedicated her life to health. And when a moment of stress came, of tiredness, mental and physical, assuredly, there was only one option. And she took the option that she shouldn't have taken, which was to take her own life. How painful. Be careful, you, wherever you may be at home. Meditate on this. Meditate if you're a person that you don't rest, that you don't stop, that you don't take a day of rest. The Bible is clear. The Bible talks about the day of rest. Take it on Saturday or Sunday, on Monday, on whatever day you want. Because in reality, it's not the day, but that it be a day of rest. But look for it if you haven't. Listen to Scripture. Don't extend your uh, schedule so much. Be a sensible person. The body has a certain capacity. The body has certain limits. And if we don't give attention, the body is going to charge us and our mind will be vulnerable to any little scaredness that come or sorceress word from Satan and damages us a lot. I believe that Elijah was uh, vulnerable to Satan because of his exhaustion. And you might say, Pastor, how? a man in ministry because the people think that the holy ministry of of preaching or worship doesn't drain but this drains a lot because there's a spiritual pressure and an emotional pressure you receive a lot of pressure here when you see your pastor or the preachers that are doing this could be one of two things or a lot of pressure or a lot of lighting or a lot or a lot of heat but let me say to preach the word to preach the word brings a great responsibility. It's a spiritual responsibility. Those of us that go to spiritual retreats, those of us that minister continuously, those of us that have the <clears throat> office of deliverance, of laying on hands, we understand how you get drained after a spiritual retreat. And you may say, but a spiritual retreat? What? We were working. We were in a spiritual warfare. It was things from darkness itself. There was manifestations from the heaven that took care of things from the darkness. And as such, that exhaustion is a lot. And with this, I say a lot that ministers, we are very vulnerable if we don't keep good periods of rest, if we don't take our sabbath, 
our day of rest, whatever day may be, it's rest, but you have to take it. And also the people that are working, the people that are working in any type of occupation, they have to understand they need to rest. So in that tiredness, Elijah had a exhaustion in his ministration in the time that he was to place the animals in that in that sacrifice and which he cried out to God and I was the pressure of 450 false prophets there that say that that they would scream out to their gods so there was a tremendous spiritual warfare going on there his tiredness had to be a lot in that time and then those 450 killing them he says they kill them by the sword you think that if it if you imagine if you hit one person and and then and then it hurts you because you hit him if you see it in a discussion and uh, if you've yelled at somebody if you feel in a restaurant that you're not taking well and you get a little bit desperate and everything feels inside and then how much more 450 people there not putting their heads down but grabbed by you know against it how much fights had gone on there how much tiredness this man had to and then also to pray then to make it rain another time again on the land spiritual warfare something that brought him to exhaustion and then he says that he went for a day to the wilderness and then imagine 12 hours in the day that's a lot in a wilderness that is land that is not firm that it's soft that it's very difficult you know how to walk on the sand of the beach and I imagine in that wilderness with that sun and without any food or thirst he didn't take anything tell me if he wasn't exhausted he had a physical exhaustion and emotional and he was vulnerable to the attack of Satan what do I want to say with this that we should be careful with excessive work and with that exhaustion. I don't know if you are understanding that God is giving you a grace in this work, in this time. Many people have seen this of their confinement at home, of the quarantine, of a disgrace. But I would like to say, like the Bible says, that we who love God, that everything works out for well. Our well-being, so I take advantage of what's going on to put it to my favor and to the favor of my family, what I've seen and what I have evaluated and what has allowed me uh, Sunday when I left here last Sunday is this portion. I have given, it's given a rest to the earth. It's given to the rest, a rest to the majority of humanity. It's given a rest to the family. It's given rest to the women that don't stop. It's given a rest to the men that don't stop. It's given a rest to all. Why? Because not necessarily in work or in study, but in the additional activities. When we want to entertain ourselves so much, we have to go from this place. We have to go to this other place. And we add more to the agenda. And I don't know if you understand. I believe so, because the majority of the people that I speak with say, Pastor, I have rested. Pastor, I have rested I have stopped wasting and now I have no compulsion to be wasting my money. And I think God in his mercy has a lot of rest. He's a lot of rest of this earth. When I see all the trees and the grass greens, when I see those lakes so crystal clear, when I look to see and all the news, the channels on YouTube that show the rivers and the lakes on a worldwide level and how they're crystallized and filled with fish, but in a regenerating way. 
some celestial heavens that are beautiful. There's no contamination. And I say, Lord, how? How is it not giving this earth this rest? And I had said that I said the earth should be resting on the seventh year, that we should let it rest so that it could produce its own nutrients. So you don't have to give it so many chemicals and so many things. Wow. And God allows a rest. I hope that you understand that if we don't rest, we're vulnerable to the attacks from Satan. That it's important, a proper nutrients. And we can't stay silent through an emotional pressure. Elijah had a servant and he didn't say anything. He left the servant somewhere and he went into a wilderness. There's times that we have to speak. Listen well. If you're in a state of depression, if you're in a state of crisis, if you feel like dying, if you feel like throwing yourself from a bridge to, to cut yourself, to poison yourself, then I say speak. Speak. Take it out of you. Don't leave it there in your mind. Because if you leave it there, Satan is going to make it grow roots. And he's going to make you to do something crazy. Something. Something that God is not considering for your life. Be very careful and speak with someone. Exteriorize those thoughts, those feelings. Don't feel ashamed. If you feel fallen today, look for who to share that with. Look who to who to loosen your hearts because it's part of therapy. <clears throat> and Elijah was mortally wounded by a spiritual attack and only a spiritual and moral support could take him out of that situation. And in the second point, part two, it's the spiritual and moral support. But I want to review. Remember that we're speaking of a topic that has as a title, come on, keep going forth. And we have to look at this, uh, look in our past to the past, and we get into into a present situation then from the past glories, the victories, the conquests, it's important in the present that I have it clear because in the present, I could be going through difficulties through an attack of Satan, and if I have an attack from Satan, if I am vulnerable because of my exhaustion, then I need to get in with a spiritual part with a moral and spiritual support. And here it's in the text. In First Kings chapter 19, in verses 5, the second part till 7, says the following. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. My beloved brother and sister, wherever you may be analyzed, that he there was a spiritual intervention that came to motivate him to lift up his spirits, to lift up his mood before an attack of darkness. There should be a counterattack from heaven to counterattack those darkness. I need heavenly help. I need something so strong or even stronger than what is strong in the in my mind through darkness. And here was the angel. And the angel represents a spiritual help. You need a divine intervention when we're in adverse situations. Today, you could be receiving this word as a portion from heaven. And this is where I'm going to. You need a word that it blesses you. You need a person that comes on behalf of God and ministers to your heart. And perhaps you're going to have the need to find some spiritual 
actual help, do it. Call if it's in this place, then call here. If it's another place, then we'll call you. But a local church, wherever you may be, but look for a spiritual help. Because we, the men and the women on this earth that serve God, we represent that. We represent the kingdom of heaven and we can help. How necessary is that spiritual support in the moment of chaos? How necessary it is to get close to the word? How necessary it is to read the word? Because the read of word is is living. It's like honey to my mouth. The word of God says that it penetrates the most difficult, the, the most profound parts of the heart and discerns the word of God is then a counterattack to darkness. If the darkness is setting you darts, then lift up the shield because the shield of faith, we need to lift ourselves up in the word, in prayer, in things that are spiritual, in fasting, it's spiritual things. How important it is to rest? How important it is to eat? And you say, what does that have to do with the spiritual? Well, everything. Because for many people, a simple rest and a good meal is going to be what's the most spiritual thing that they could take in a determined moment. There's time when a person that they need to do is sleep, my brother or sister. And sometimes we confuse that as well. Oh, it's an attack of the devil. No, you're vulnerable because you're that Satan can attack you more. You're vulnerable because you don't rest and because you're not eating well. So then the most spiritual thing that a person can do at times is to eat and to sleep. And that's what Elijah did. If something that the angel angel did, he says, I'm the representative of God. I come to minister you on behalf of God. But something with something very simple. Wake up. Look there. The bread is there. The water is there. The cake is made. And there's water. Eat. When he ate, go to sleep. And if you analyze the second day, he came and he woke him and he ate again. How important is rest then? in this spiritual portion. And once again, many times a good rest, a good sleep, and a good meal is the most spiritual thing that we could achieve. There the angel assisted him. And when he said, lift, arise and eat, because you have a long journey, I see a motivation there. Arise, let's go. Come on, let's go. Advance. You rested, you slept. Now eat. So a little bit, but get up and let's go. You can. It's a spiritual assistance and emotional assistance that's needed by many. And you could say, oh, pastor, but I don't believe in the angels. Now what angel is going to come? But let me tell you, they come. God manifests themselves in a spiritual way, even through people. That's why when you hear this portion or this expression, oh, that person is like an angel from God. But that person is saying that the person that came, even though he's a human being, he did a work from heaven or God did a work from heaven through that person. God manifests themselves in many ways. Don't wait. Uh, angel with wings. Don't look for it that way. But look in the opportunities that are arriving when someone comes to you and brings to your house a bag of food. When someone in this season calls you and says, look at your at your bank account and see if a deposit was made. When someone comes and says, they knock on your door and you open and you see there a lot of things fruits. You have to understand how God works because God worked for this prophet with a cake and he worked through water. So where's God in that portion? That's where God is. God is in that small miracle 
which is a great miracle. I have an experience of 28 years with the Lord. And something I have seen is signs, wonders, and miracles. But it's my experience. And it's my experience and of my wife. But because we have a son at home that's 16 years old. So we like that God does things in this moment so that his faith get edified. Because mine's already edified. My faith and my wife's faith are edified. And we want to continue growing. But in this season, we had a conversation Yesterday we said, look at what happened last week. Look at what they did and they gave us. Look at what other families did with us. That's God. They're people that God puts. And what I want to say is that people that minister on behalf of God, that in a moment of chaos, a moment of anguish, a moment where we have to close the temple, where we have to stop many things, God is going to put or puts people that will lift up your spirits, that do something in your favor. Because an attack of Satan has to be counterattacked direct from heaven to counterattack that and a morale that is lifted up and something happened with the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels in New York I was watching various videos of this and it's beautiful and the doctors in the roofs of the hospital filming right and screaming out and lifting up their hands the the police the nurses or something wonderful what did the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels do the Blue Angels those 12 jets. What did they do? They lifted up the spirits of a personnel. And not only did they lift up the spirits of the personnel, but also the spirits of the officials, of the citizens. And I don't live in New York. I live here. <laughs> they lifted up my spirits. But I want to tell you something quickly. Last week, and many of you know, we had the blessing that the service here, the virtual service was finished and we were in a meeting after the service and someone says to me, one of the servants, Pastor, they need you outside. And immediately what came to my mind, I said, oh my God, it's the police. <laughs> oh, I went with my my face mask and I said, I didn't see anything. I, what happened? There was nobody. And when I hear a horn, bam, 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 and a caravan of vehicles, something wonderful, something majestic, something that came to all of our hearts, not only my myself and, and my wife, but all the ministers that were here present last Sunday, all of us that are in media, all of us in sound, all of worship, we were ministered in such a way. Do you know why? Because God, in crisis time, in time where Satan attacks, he also releases the heavens to counterattack those attacks from Satan. And we have to see it in that way. I say to that, amen, glory to God. And I say, this is from the heaven. It made us cry. And I want to say, I'm a cry baby. I went crying in my house and I saw it. And the following day I cried. And yesterday when I saw it again, on, I cried again. Why? Because I said, this church, God has used it to lift our hands as ministers to all the personnel here. They lifted up our hands there have been angels on behalf of God that come to minister. Not only do they put us cake for us to eat or liquid to the uh, uh, fluid to our food, to our homes rather, but they do things like this. Look, it's very important that you be a motivator of others. Don't be with the portion that God puts in your mind. If God puts in your heart to do and help somebody, then go and do it because he wants to use you as an angel, a ministering angel to fix a heart that is damaged or someone maybe who wants to die or who wants to drown or who's in a critical situation that is taking him to desperation. You and I, 
We could be angels of the Lord. How important is a story that I like a lot. The story of the battle in Rephidim. It says that Amalek was there with his, uh, and Joshua was there. And in the top of the hill was Moses. And Moses was lifting up his staff there. And when he lifted up the staff, it says that Joshua would then have victory in that war against the other army, against the enemies. And then Moses would get tired of having that staff lifted. And when he would lower it down, it would say that Amalek then would prevail against Joshua, that he would be having victory. And what would happen? The word of God says that Ur and Aaron had to go up. And together with Moses, they came and they put a rock so that he could sit down and they sustained his hands up high. And when they held his son, the one that Moses, who was exhausted, the battle of Israel was still winning. And what do I say with this? That how good it is that we find people that are lift up our hands. I wait and I pray in the name of Jesus that through this word that you lift up your hands in the name of Jesus and you lift up your courage. Keep going forth in the name of Jesus, even though there's difficulties and even though there's problems. Come on, keep going forth in the name of Jesus. We're going to lift you up in prayer. We're lifting you up in prayer. We're kneeling for you, for your cause, for your need, for your anguish, for the attack that you may be going through. Come on, lift and stand up because you're going to go forth in the name of Jesus, not with your strength, but with the ministering word in the heart on behalf of the heavens. And today I give you words of life, words of encouragement, words of life. Receive it in the name of Jesus in this morning. Don't get in there on the broom tree. Don't be in the wilderness. Look at the small things that are happening that are sent by God, angels of God that are ministering, that are putting something in your hands, two things, a little an invitation, five dollars, a little something. You have to understand that it's heaven that is manifested for your blessing. The heaven is saying to you, I am with you, and there's something great to do in this and more to do in this land till I come for this church. That's what you have to receive in the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be God. Take refuge in the word. Today I say, hold on. Today I say, stand up. Today I say, be encouraged. Today I say, go forth with the banner that you have to go with the the banner of Jehovah Nisi, that Jehovah goes behove you in the midst of your situation, in the middle of tribulation, in the middle of anguish. You continue forth in Christ. Take charge because there's still a path that you have to go. And I finish with this point, an opportunity for the future, an opportunity for the future. In chapter 19, verse says, it says, so he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food for. 40 days and 40 nights as far as Oreb, the mountain of God. And while I go explaining, I want the uh, worship team to come and we're going to sing a hallelujah in the name of Jesus. And you're going to join us to sing this hallelujah in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because if something that we have to do is in the middle of difficulty is to lift up words of life and not of death. Say the, the sick one, say, I am healed. The poor one, say, I am rich. That's what the word of God says. 
Let the poor man say, I am rich. If you're sick, say, I am healed in the name of Jesus. And if you're in scarcity, say, I have abundance in the name of Jesus. Lift up a hallelujah. Don't stop mentioning the name of Christ. And there it says that. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Oreb, the mountain of God. And if you read the rest, you're going to notice that there in the mountain of God, he gets into a cave and God and God manifests himself in such a way. And he says, your time has not finished. I need you to go and that anoint for some for kings and others for prophets. There's a portion in my heart on behalf of God for your life. Even don't allow that the bad news and that Satan with his negative words put something in your heart to destroy you when God hasn't done or given a verdict that the things have ended. Don't allow the enemy to mark your agenda, but better look in the spirit, the agenda of God Almighty. Don't surrender to the thoughts and to the schemes of the devil. Don't surrender to the sorceress words, the words of defeat. Today I say rest, yes, eight, yes, and take advantage to see the glory of your past, see the glory in the small details in your presence and stand up and advance towards the future in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. My faith will happen, come in the midst of difficulty. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your staff gives me comfort. In the you straighten my table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. God fights for you. God, God fights for you. God loves you. And even in the middle of the difficulty, God does small things saying, I am here with you. Don't forget your past in the Lord. Don't forget the conquest that he has done with you and through you. Don't allow that your ears give hearing to the attacks of Satan. Rebuke them in the name of Jesus and lift up in faith. Lift up the word as a shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And even if the enemy attacks, so then sing to the Lord a hallelujah continually. The glory to the king. Give it to him greatly. Oh, holy Jesus. We bless your name, holy God. We bless you. We see you in our past, in our present. We see your hand of protection, Lord. Your hand with the bread and with the cake and the water and the provision. Thank you for the rest. And thank you because in you, if you're pleased that you give us life, we're going to do a great thing still in the name of Jesus on this earth. Because there's souls to be conquered. Because there's places to be conquered in the name of Jesus. And where it was abundant, where sin and evilness is, that then where it can be more abundant, the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. Bless these people. Bless these families. Bless the individuals in this moment. Save their hearts. Save them from the anguish and lift them up in their spirits. In the name of Jesus and the church of the Lord says, amen and amen. May God bless you greatly. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. 
Search Under the Name, Dios de Pactos, Florida. We hope this message has edified you, and please share with others. Have a wonderful day.